0: Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. The NBA is back. Where else can you get this type of
1: drama? Where else does history hang from the rafters? Jalen Brown throws it down. Where else is your own city?
2: Home to your biggest rival.
0: The battle of the lake is real, people. And 30 feet is still in range. Where else can a city this loud be this slept on? Let's get it out Where else is history? Still in the making. Oh Where else? The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. This is Ram football
2: right here. This is the Ram football. The lead comes over. Peters comes over. You get sued. Brandon Cooks comes over. I mean, you guys are loaded. Yeah. I like it. What better place to do it in, in L.A.? This one of the hottest teams in the National Football League. We're going to win games. I mean, you got a running back like I do. You got a front seven like I do now. Ooh, that's kind of what make us pros, man. We can handle change fast, you know. The Rams. The, ramp, the Rams.
0: Rampage.
2: Radio. Radio.
0: You're listening to Rampage Radio Podcast. Here are your hosts, J-Rob and Jay. J-Rob and Jay. J-Rob
2: and Jay. What's good? What's good? Welcome to Rampage Radio Podcast. This is J-Rob right here, and I'm flying solo today. My brother, Jay, has had his baby, baby Nolan. He was uh, born a couple days ago, uh, and so he will not be with us on the podcast, or with me, rather, on the podcast. I decided to bring on Matthew Collar this week who is a beat writer for the Minnesota Vikings as well as uh, ESPN. So we will be doing that here momentarily. I'm just going to go ahead and jump right in. We all know we have a quick turnaround this week against the uh, Vikings team that just got beat down by the Bills, uh, but the Rams are continuing to move the ball and continuing to be very effective on offense, uh, and it's something that we kind of got accustomed to seeing last year, and nothing has changed since the first week of this year. They're using all the weapons that they have. It was nice to see Tyler Higby get in on the action, made a spectacular play this past week. We saw Robert Woods do his thing. We saw Brandon Cooks do his thing. We saw Cooper Cup do his thing. There's nothing short of excellence when it comes to speaking about this Rams offense, but we are still waiting to see what Gerald Everett is going to bring to this team. As a rookie last year, he made some flash plays where you took a look at him and you're like, man, this guy is going to be a threat in this offense. And so far, That has not come to fruition. So uh, maybe this is the week. Maybe this is the week that he gets some more looks. Maybe this is the week that we can use him with a matchup problem. But without him, the results have been nothing but stunning and so encouraging moving forward. And you you talk about what they did against this Chargers defense. Yes, they were without Bosa. I mean, they were without him, and he makes a big difference on that defensive line. But this Rams offensive line is arguably one of the best in the league right now. No question about it. Austin Blythe did have his first penalty. And uh, I'll take it. You know, you go through three games, first penalty for the guy who was filling in, for a guy who was suspended, I will take it. And he is a part of that unit. And it is clear that these guys are gelling right now on all phases, pass blocking, run blocking, pulling, anything that they're doing, the screens, you name it. They are executing at a high level. I went on the Chargers fan forum like I do most of the opponents that we face uh every year. The argument that they tried to make was your defense hasn't faced an offense like this. Well, we haven't. That's right. Absolutely. But this defense also has been dominant. To be honest, the first half of this game, they weren't dominant. But they were pretty good. And you have to give credit to Phillip Rivers. I mean, the guy is a very good quarterback. You know, he makes the off-schedule plays. He throws a very good ball, even though he's kind of a slinger. And Marcus Peters got beat. I mean, guys are going to get beat. The other team is paid to play the game, too. And you're not going to win every battle. But overall, the first half of this game, the defense more than held its own. Uh, And then we obviously lost Tlaib. We lost Peters. And luckily, both those guys are not season-ending injuries. Peters may, I doubt it, play come Thursday. If you're going to lose a guy like leave, though, in my opinion, this fell in favor for the Rams, to be honest. If you're going to lose him, you're losing him against the Vikings, the Sea Chickens, the Broncos, and the Winers. The Sea Chickens only have Russell Wilson, and their offensive line is brutal. The Winers just lost Garoppolo for the entire season. So those those two look like very easy winnable games for the Rams. The Broncos, Case Keenan we know what he brings. And then you have Emmanuel Sanders and Demarius Thomas. Not really too scared from those of those guys. The Vikings is the main matchup this week uh, that we're kind of gonna be hurting by losing to lead. But I have full confidence in Wade that he will be able to dictate that defense in any way that he sees fit. To allow us to be competitive. But the offense is definitely going to have to carry this defense. If we can start fast. That's going to be the key. For the Rams to win this ball game. But before we move into the interview. uh, With Matthew and talk about the Vikings. I have got to give props to my man Corey Littleton. That guy is playing his butt off. And it's been amazing to me. To see what that guy has been able to do in this defense. There are still some question marks on the defense. There haven't been quite as dominant as we had hoped during the Chargers game with uh, Ndamukong Sue and Aaron Donald. Those guys haven't been very noisy so far. This is a week where they need to be noisy. Uh, This is a week where we need to take advantage of a beat-up and offensive line in the Vikings that are not playing that well. And I truly believe that we will see an awakening by these two sleeping giants. However, they are getting holding calls And just in the same way that Brandon Cooks is getting the PI calls, these guys are still getting some holding calls. So, you know, they're doing their job. And officially, no pun intended, the officials miss holding calls all the time. So not to say use as an excuse, but that's just the facts. Uh, So this is a week where I expect to see Donald and Sue make a lot of noise. Noise or not, I can assure you one thing. Our boy Sean McVeigh is going to be ready for these Vikings. I'm not sure how much of the offense needs to change as what we've seen so far in the first three games when you're talking about game planning for the Vikings. We know that the Vikings have a good defensive line, Limville Joseph, or Limval Joseph, however you want to pronounce it. Is in the middle there, and he is a very good player. You have Xavier Rhodes, who is also a very good player. And then you have Trey Waynes, who is a solid player, but we don't really know how healthy he's gonna be. Uh and so it's just gonna be interesting to see what this offense does. I don't think that they need to change much because everything is working. Everything is working for this. We're clicking on every cylinder that we have in our arsenal right now. So, um, what I do want to tell you guys is I decided to bring on Matthew Collar, and uh, I sat down with him and with a phone interview earlier today. And so, I'm going to go ahead and just jump right into that. And here's that interview. You're listening to Rampage Radio Podcast. <laughs> All right, guys, this week we have Matthew Collar, who is actually the beat reporter for ESPN 1500 up in the Minneapolis-St. Paul area. Uh, Matthew, how are you doing today, brother? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm breathing, and like you, well, maybe not like you, I am completely excited about this uh, Thursday night matchup. Um, and so why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself before we get going here?
1: Well, first I would say that I'm always excited to cover a football game. I think that uh, just some of the shine got taken off this matchup from the uh, Minnesota standpoint with what happened to them uh, against Buffalo. But uh, as for myself, I, I cover the team on a, on a daily basis. So I'm out at their practice facility every day and travel uh, to the different games. And I'm actually talking to you from Los Angeles right now as uh, you know, I spend a few days here before the game Mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, so it's a, I mean, it's pretty cool gig, you know, I, go on the radio on a daily basis we do a football hour and we also do a podcast called the purple podcast so yes uh it's plenty of fun man
2: that's awesome i actually took a chance uh to listen to you guys on the uh to i listened to you guys i guess it was yesterday uh you and judd right after the uh, basically the rant podcast after the bills game (laughs) uh and found it very awesome so even if you know, I like the Vikings, and I, and I wanted to bring this up to you. I actually lived in Minneapolis for two years, and I loved mm. every moment I was there from 2006 to 2008, and uh, it was an awesome time. And I love that city. Why don't you uh, tell some of the people who aren't familiar with that area what it's like living there?
1: Oh yeah, man! It's uh, it's definitely an underrated part of the country. I mean, if you're a big sports fan, it's fantastic. You got almost uh, you know, you got every major sport. You got uh, the University of Minnesota there with a great hockey program. And, well, they have Division One football, but it's not not quite where they want it yet. Uh, but, you know, the, uh, so there, it, that's one of my favorite parts of it is that there's always something to do. And, uh, you know, yeah. it's a great cultural city. Uh, you got the Mississippi River there, too. So there's plenty built up around that. So, yeah, you know, I, I moved there. Originally, I lived in uh, Buffalo and I moved there um it to start the 2016 season is when i went to the twin cities and uh you know i i didn't know what to expect when i got there but uh, have completely loved it since i've been there
2: so basically what he's saying in a nutshell and what i'm also saying to all of our listeners here is if you have a chance to go to minneapolis and you've never been there please do yourself a favor and take some time out of your schedule and go check out that town because it's really awesome all right so uh I'm going to go ahead and ask you uh, the first question here. What can the Rams expect to see from the Vikings offensively, especially with Dalvin Cook inserted into the lineup this week?
1: Yeah, I mean, if Dalvin Cook is in the lineup and back to 100%, he's where their offense begins. And, you know, I I didn't expect his absence to hurt them as much as it did against Buffalo. But the fact that they could not really throw passes out of the backfield to Latale, V.S. Murray uh, in the same way that they would to Delvin Cook. Also, I mean, if you look at the week before against Green Bay, there was a, a slant route that Delvin Cook ran starting uh, lining up as a wide receiver. So he was an outside receiver and a slant, slant route for 24 yards. And that's the type of thing that you don't see from uh, all the running backs in the NFL. And one of the things that makes him truly special. Also, You know, the offensive line has struggled quite a bit in both run and pass blocking, but, you know, especially in the run blocking, they didn't give Murray a whole heck of a lot of chance to get anything going last week or Delvin Cook the the first two weeks, but Cook is still able to make something out of nothing. Right. I saw that through the first two weeks, he was one of the tops in the league, if not the top in the league of broken tackles, and that tells you a lot about how he has uh, created yards where there weren't really yards there to be created. So it, it all kind of starts off of him because every team knows how talented he is and that they have to game plan for him first. And then it goes from there. And, uh, you know, of course, you know, they've, stacked up this team with weapons for Kirk cousins to work with. And through the first two weeks, he had utilized those weapons pretty well. But last week, uh, you know, last week there was just so much pressure on him that it was, uh, you know, it became an issue. It became very difficult for him to, uh, you know, handle, Uh, A collapsing pocket and outside pressure, and find guys uh, down the field, and the Bills were able to stifle their offense that way.
2: That's right. And you speak of a guy like Dalvin Cook. uh, I mean, you're talking to a guy right now that you know lived in the Tallahassee area, big Florida State fan. My brother, who's also the co-host of this show here, uh, who is actually not with us because he actually just had his first son two days ago. So that's pretty cool. But anyway, we're both big time Florida State fans, so we know what. Problems Dalvin Cook can present to any defense just because of his size, his power, his speed, how elusive he is, and how good he is at at receiving the ball out of the backfield. And we all know, we we know that Latavius Murray is a little bit of a step down from Dalvin Cook, but I did expect a more productive game, especially against the Bills defense that we weren't quite sure how good they were. We kind of had an idea that they weren't very good, but the offense that you guys ran was just stifled. And obviously you, you were hurt greatly by the first two turnovers that you know of the game that put the bills in the uh basically they had the ball in their court you know the a short field and they got up early um so what about defensively what can the rams expect to see defensively from the vikings in general
1: well uh first just to address your your point uh it's totally correct i mean one of the reasons that they could not get going on offense at all in the running game is because when you're down 17 points early, uh, you don't feel like you're able to run the ball on first right. down. And then, you know, and you know, there is a kind of a thought out there that, you know, running the ball is not very efficient. It's not that effective in the NFL today. And I and I would agree with that in general, but you know, at the same time, when you have Delvin Cook, I think that formula changes. And I also think it changes when you have one of the best play action quarterbacks in the NFL that you have to have a run game that teams are going to be afraid of, so you could set up all the different things off of play action that the Vikings do. So the fact The fact that Kirk Cousins was strip-sacked twice, gave a free 10 points to the Bills, I mean, that really set up the entire game for failure for the Vikings' offense. Now, uh, on the defensive side, uh, Everson Griffin does not appear that he's going to play For the Vikings on Thursday night and that is a that's a a massive loss I mean this is the guy that where this is where everything starts for the Vikings is being able to pressure and I was looking through his last four years that he's always in the top in quarterback pressures maybe not always in sacks some sometimes it's eight sometimes it's 13 but he's always in the quarterback's face and that allows the Vikings defense to not have to cover for very long it helps the linebackers coming out of the backfield because they know there's going to be a lot of check downs to running backs and not having him is a really uh, massive blow. But I would say that Sheldon Richardson has shown exactly why they wanted to bring him in over the first couple of weeks. He's been a, a dominant player. And uh, you know, the, the, the thing that has been different though from last year's number one defense is at the nickel corner spot last year, they had Terrence Newman, there, yes. proven veteran, proven veteran guy. One of the smartest players I think of the entire NFL. And then he retires and they're left with two inexperienced players there. And other teams have consistently in the first three weeks taken advantage of that nickel corner spot and the inexperience. And they've found ways to force the Vikings to have miscommunication issues that have left wide open tight ends on multiple occasions. That is something over the last couple of years we just did not see. So it is still a very, very dangerous and talented Vikings defense, you know, with Harrison Smith and Daniil Hunter, yeah. Anthony Barr. You know, I mean they're very good. Xavier Rhodes is one of the better shutdown corners in the league. They're very good. But you take a little bit of heart and soul out of them without Everson Griffin and there's a little bit of inexperience there. It does not have the same feel as it did last year when they were number one.
2: And you know, the Rams with this this offense that they are currently running, that defense is definitely going to be tested and we both know that. Uh, I think losing Terrence Newman was a lot bigger than people made it out to be. Yep. you talk about the experience, uh, and there's something about experience that goes a lot further than what meets the eye. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy, he was one of the more durable players. He's been around for so long, you know. He, he the the film study that he brings to the table. The young cats don't really know what that's like, and so you know, going against an offense when you have guys like Cooper Cup. Robert Woods, Brandon cooks, and now Gurley out of the backfield. And not to mention, you know, you're going to have to have Sheldon Richardson step up this week because the Rams offensive line is one of the top, if not the top unit in the league right now, as it stands. And so it's just going to be really interesting to see what they do to mix and match with the matchups with the Rams and, uh, If they blitz a lot, they're going to sit back and kind of let Goff dissect them, check down, or are they going to bring pressure? It's going to be really interesting to see how the Vikings approach this offense. Um, So, what do you think that that kind of looks like in a nutshell? Do you think they'll blitz more? Do you think they'll sit back? What do you think? Man to man zone? What does it look like overall?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm going to be really interested to see just how the Vikings approach this game differently than they did last year, because I, I went back and watched last year's game when the Vikings only allowed seven points to the Rams. I mean, think about that, the number one scoring offense, and they only allowed seven points. That was, uh, that was quite a, a, a a turning of the tide, I guess, for that defense last year to prove they could do that. But one of the things that Mike Zimmer did in that game was he moved around the safeties at the very last second before the snap. And I, I think that that gave Jared Goff a, a lot of trouble. And they do that pretty routinely, but in the game against the Rams, they did it almost every single play where they gave you know a middle open look and then middle closed immediately. They used the robber concept, right. things like that. Yeah. And it seemed for Jared Goff being as inexperienced as he was, that he got a little bit thrown off there. And also if Sean McVay was trying to get in those reeds uh, just before the uh, you know the they they shut off the communication between the coach and the quarterback. Right. Uh, he wasn't able to, he wasn't able to get them in because they they changed up their looks. So that, I mean that's one thing I'm looking for. I'm also looking for you know the the motions that the Rams use and, and how those impact uh, the Vikings because they it seems like almost every play there's there's different looks and different motions and pre snap stuff. So those those battles are going to be fascinating to me uh, as far as how the Vikings defense plays. I mean they they are not a defense generally blitz blitz is a whole heck of a lot. I mean, I think I uh, saw that Anthony Barr rushed the passer four times against the Bills, mm-hmm. so even though we talked in the offseason a lot about how he might rush the passer more this year, we just haven't really seen that from him, and it's just not something they do a lot. Harrison Smith will blitz from time to time. You'll see that they might send, uh, you know, McKenzie Alexander from the nickel spot on a blitz, especially, you know, against bunch formations, uh, you know, when they, they bunch them up on one side. They yeah, we, we do send, that a
2: lot on our offense, yep. so that, that would be helpful for you guys for sure.
1: Yep, so you can sometimes sneak a corner in there on a blitz, things like that. So, you know, how they handle those will be pretty interesting, but, I mean, that's one of the biggest challenges with the Rams. I mean, do you you can't play those bunch formations just man up. You know, you can't go just man for man there. So what are you going to do? Are you going to, you know, kind of try to pattern match those and then – you know, that becomes kind of difficult. So there's a, a lot of different things that will go into it. But, you know, I I would be interested in and it's possible that this would be the week where all of a sudden Mike Zimmer decides, especially with Everson Griffin not uh, in the lineup, that he's gonna start blitzing all the time and throw a bunch of different looks that he usually never does. Cause that's one thing I would say about Zimmer is that he's a guy that, you know, you might see the same thing from him a bunch of weeks in a row, and then all of a sudden he'll just change it up. And right. I think that's one of the reasons I think that's one of the reasons he's Uh, a top defensive mind in the league.
2: Absolutely. And, you know, the Rams are going to have to be ready for that. And I can assure you that McVay being the type of mind guy that he is is going to be as Best prepared as he can for this game due to last year. I mean, we're talking about a game that was tightly contested until the end. Mm-hmm. You know, the Rams fumbled the ball on the one yard line. That changed the entire complexion of the game when you're on the road against a top team, you know, that end up being, you know, going to the playoffs and obviously having the miracle there, which was amazing. Um, but, you know, it's, it's just really going to be. Interesting to see how this plays out because you know you guys are coming off of a tough loss and the Rams are coming off of a tough win and that was costly for the Rams because if you if you weren't aware we lost the keep to leave for a month due to a mm-hmm. high ankle sprain and Marcus Peters had a calf strain and he's considered quote-unquote day-to-day per the rams uh, website so uh it's going to be you know interesting to see what the rams do defensively and speaking of the rams defense we saw what happened with the bills obviously they created the two turnovers that you and i touched upon earlier here and then they capitalized so what else did the bills do defensively that the rams will need to do uh in order to replicate the outcome
1: yeah, I'm really interested to see it because they are kind of two differently designed defenses. Of course, you know, the 3-4 the and, and where the pressure comes naturally. from. I mean, yeah,
2: the, naturally. The, right. Yeah.
1: The, the, the Rams have the, the two freaks in the middle you know, with Aaron Donald and Dominick Sue that uh, I think will cause serious problems because you know the Vikings are getting Pat Elfheim back. He's their starting center and they look at him as like a franchise type player that uh, he's made so much progress over from the beginning of last year and he's a centerpiece to this team. I think he's going to be with them for a very long time because of how good he is, how good of a leader he is, how good mm-hmm. he is in run blocking but, but nobody can match up with those guys and, and have a good day and when you're looking at what the Vikings have at their guards. Mike Remmers has moved from tackle the guard and it has not gone well so far. Mm. And then on the left side, it's either going to be Brett Jones or Tom Compton and those are both backup caliber players since the Vikings lost their starting left guard for the season. Nick Easton, who I had a lot of respect within the organization and, and it, so far it just has not been very good on the interior at all. And that's not exactly what you want to hear when you're matching up against two of the elite players at the position. So I, I think that it'll be the interior pressure that will be the problem for the Vikings this time around, because against the bills, it was very much the, the edge rushing. Right. Right. When you have Jerry Hughes, uh, he's a tough guy to stop coming off the edge. And when you allow him to just pin his ears back after you're down 17, nothing, I mean, there aren't too many guys who come off the edge as quickly as he does. And that gave Riley reef tons of problems all day long. Mm -hmm. And Uh, I believe he allowed 12 pressures in the game, which is just an astronomical. Yeah, that's uh, right. If you get four, that's a lot. Uh, But in this case, you know, I mean, and that's the thing, too, is that, you know, the context of the game always matters for any of these stats. I mean, so if you're talking about getting down early, I don't think that they're a team that is built to come back from when they're when they're down early. they, They were able to do it. With a little bit of luck in uh, Green Bay, because if Clay Matthews doesn't get called for a bizarre penalty, oh my they gosh, lose. that was they, a, they would, so. yeah, they would have lost that game. They would have lost that game if not for that. So it was a little bit of a little bit of assistance there. But I think more than not, this team is built to kind of be a front runner and, and get ahead and run the ball and play tough defense, and then work off of that with Kirk Cousins. I don't think Kirk is the type of Aaron Rodgers like quarterback who's going to be able to you know bring you back or or uh, you know you're never out of a game or that sort of feeling mm-hmm. so uh you know anyway i i just think that uh you know the offensive line for the vikings it's been a problem it's going to continue to be a problem and how they work around that will ultimately determine whether they are a super bowl contender or not
2: and you have guys like obviously we know stefan Diggs, adam thielen you know guys who are who are very much threats in multiple ways they can beat you do you foresee the vikings trying to take some deep shots early on this secondary
1: oh i, I definitely do i mean i you know i think that that's the thing with uh, delvin cook's status is so important because if they take deep shots it's almost always going to be off of play action and, you know, if they don't have him there or he's not 100 percent, that might hurt their their opportunities. But, you know, the thing about Digs and Thielen is that these two guys can do just about anything. And if yeah. you give them any if you give them any chance, I mean, we saw with Case Keenum he was not accurate throwing the ball down the field at all, but they gave him chances. They made great plays consistently on inaccurate throws. And so we also saw against the Packers that Kirk cousins, when he's got time to work the ball down the field, he hit a 75 yard touchdown to Stephon Diggs That was just, just perfect. You know, just dropping it right in over the shoulder and, you know, for a huge play and, but he had to have time in order to make that play. And and that's, Kind of what's going to determine it, because those two receivers can do just about anything. I mean, they can go underneath, they can go short, they can go deep, they can go intermediate routes. There, I think both of them have route trees that are beyond uh, even what a lot of good receivers have, because they make their money by route running and and intelligence and adapting to defenses and things like that. So. You know, I mean, it's going to be all about whether they can actually protect Kirk Cousins because he is not a dynamic guy in the pocket. He's not like Case Keenum. He's not like Teddy Bridgewater, guys who can move around and reset their protections and find a little extra time in throwing lanes. It's he's got to have his right number of steps and drop to to be effective, because once you get him kind of thrown off his game a little bit, that's where mistakes can happen.
2: Sure. Uh and I, and I agree with you I, you know we, we all know what these two receivers and Dalvin Cook and what they can do because they have a track record of being able to do it time and time again uh, and I think with the Rams defense you're going to see one of two things you're either going to see them play a lot more zone and see if they can get pressure with four or five uh, or you're going to see them blitz a lot because that offensive line that the Vikings have right now as you mentioned is so like they're not in a good spot in a, on a lot of levels yeah. and so I think you're going to see either the Rams be very aggressive or they're going to maybe sit back because of the lack of the corners that we have, although our depth is very solid because of the dy- dynamic playmaking ability of Thielen, Cooks. I, I mean, you know, and those guys, they can beat you, like you said, in any kind of way. So I I expect either them to be very aggressive or to kind of sit back and let the let the uh, let the defensive line do the work. Um, but, you know. Only time's going to tell, as we know, and it's, the time is short. Uh, and these Thursday night football games, Todd Gurley went on record saying that they are stupid. He went on record, yes, record saying it, yes. and he just he absolutely yep. hates them. And I think we could all agree that it sucks coming off of a Sunday game and then having to turn around and and play a game on Thursday, uh, even through you know two top teams. Even though that's the battle that people want to see. Um, yep. But how do you foresee the Vikings defending, you know, the high-powered offense? Again, like, I know you mentioned that you you want you might see Zimmer blitz more. Are there any certain, like, matchups that you would like to see?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I want to see who they decide to have uh, Xavier Rhodes follow. I mean, last year, I believe they had him because he's, he's an island corner, you know, and so usually they will just put him on whoever the opposing team's best receiver is. But I guess it's kind of debatable of who the Rams' best receiver is, right, yeah, between yeah. – uh, between Woods and Cooks. And I, and I have always been a big Robert Woods guy. I covered him in Buffalo before I moved to Minnesota. And I thought he was an extremely intelligent person. And that's, and that's gotta be huge. I, I would guess in Sean McVay's uh, offense. So I'm not surprised that it's worked out for him really well. So is he going to cover Robert Woods? Cause last year it was Sammy Watkins and now obviously Watkins isn't on this team anymore. So is it going to be, you know, Brandon Cooks is it going to, I would guess it is Cooks, but Ah, uh, you know, I could also see a, a case for Robert Woods, or I could see a case for this being a game where they change things up because of the uh, number of you know different formations that are used and the bunches and the condensed formations where nobody's out wide. I mean, that makes it much more difficult for someone like Xavier Rhodes to track a receiver one-on-one, uh, you know, in those bunch formations. So I think that that's going to be a huge factor to watch. Also, the health of uh, Trey Waynes is going to be a huge factor to watch yes. because. He's become a pretty solid uh, NFL corner. And if he's out, I mean, you see the, the ripple effect from that. Then Mike Hughes is asked to do more than you want from a late first round pick. And Mackenzie Alexander has a lot of pressure. And so far, I, I haven't seen a whole lot of evidence that Mackenzie Alexander deserves to be an NFL starting slot corner. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that's a guy that any smart offensive coordinator, including last week in Buffalo, it, they're going to take advantage of. So uh, yeah, those, the the cornerbacks versus wide receivers matchups here and always, always with Todd Gurley. And you know, the, the thing is too, that Eric Hendricks has just not been on his game these first three weeks. I wonder about the distraction level of you know, having his brother facing the, issues that he's facing with the insider trading charge. And those two I know are extremely close. Yeah. So, uh, I I mean, something has been off there with him for all of these first three games. And I I don't know if he gets it together or not, but if he doesn't, then Todd Gurley is going to have a heck of a day.
2: And that is something that Todd Gurley has done every game this week is have days because you have to account for him every single play. Because yep. last year, early in the year, we saw the Rams dumping it off to Todd Gurley and throwing, you know, checking it down, dump it to Gurley, dump yep. it to Gurley. We haven't seen a whole lot of that this year so far, and this may be a game where you could really exploit a guy like Kendricks. You know, you could exploit guys who who aren't as physical as they need to be with a guy with a back like Todd Gurley. Um, so, it, you know, it, we're both coming from two different sides of the table, obviously. We both have two different feelings about where our teams are at. I'm on a very high and you're on a kind of a low from the Bills thrashing, you know. But at the end of the day, these guys still have to play the game. And what is the feeling among the Vikings faithful about This game in general are they feeling optimistic? Are they feeling like oh my gosh, we have to be complete in all three phases to beat this team? What's the overall mood in your opinion?
1: Well, I think that they look at this game and I would agree with it that this is a swing game for the entire season. I mean if you look at where they have to go schedule wise from here, I mean they've got to go right from at LA to at Philadelphia. And those are the games that could ultimately shape the season. Because if you lose those two games, you're looking at one, three and one going forward and still, you know, with hopes or a team that had hopes of, Trying to win the division, but if you have that kind of start with only one win in your first five games, that's pretty impossible. Uh, even though I'm not so sure the uh, strength of the NFC North is is quite as strong as uh, I would have anticipated it at the beginning of the season, with kind of the, the Packers not really having it together yet. But still, I mean, this is this is a huge swing game because if you come off that bad loss and get a win here in LA, you feel like okay, blip on the radar, back on track. Here we go. But if it's a bad loss here in LA, I mean, then it feels like the entire season's crumbling down. And, you know, with, with the the things that are going on with Everson Griffin, um, you know, that he was checked into a mental hospital and uh, you know, the team did not want to have him back at the practice facility until he had been mentally evaluated. So it's very hard to say if he's going to be back this year or anytime soon. I mean, that's a, that's a real distraction for this team. And, you know, now I kind of, Makes a little more sense for what happened to them against Buffalo that they were dealing with this because Griffin is a heart and soul of this team, right? And to have him, you know, to have him away is is not easy for them. So if they can overcome the things that they've been through over just even the last seven days to beat the Rams, I think that this team will feel much more resilient, especially if mm-hmm. Kirk Cousins can bounce back. But I mean, if we're talking about Cousins has a bad game and they lose by twenty points or something, I mean, you're going to be talking about. Uh, why did you sign Kirk Cousins for this much money? And is Mike Zimmer's defense falling apart? I mean, it's going to feel like the world is ending if they lose this game.
2: Well, uh, you know, it would be easy to think that because of the position that you guys are currently in. And uh, it makes all the sense in the world that this is definitely a swing game for the Vikings. For the Rams, you know what? It's more just another step in the direction that they're trending, which is upwards. Uh, You know, they just beat a really tough Chargers team who has like like the vikings have a ton of weapons uh you know that you know guys like um Keenan Allen and Melvin Gordon and it, it's no different with the vikings it's no different now i would obviously take Philip Rivers over Kirk Cousins any day because he also can you know make those off-schedule plays as well but mm-hmm. you know yeah, definitely. it's it's going to be a really fun game to watch i i, I personally hope it's you know the Rams win obviously, but I don't think that the Rams are going to blow them out. I think that they're going to come. The Vikings are going to come out with a, an attitude and a chip on their shoulder and ready to prove themselves because that's what they have to do this week in order to continue to try to get to the NFC Championship Championship game and then eventually to the Super Bowl. So, uh, with that being said. What is your prediction for this game against the Rams?
1: Well, I think that the Vikings bounce back in a lot of ways. I think that they play better, but I ultimately do not think that they win. I I think right now, even without uh, the two cornerbacks playing for the Rams, that the Vikings team is just not in a great place and uh, that this opponent is too strong for them. At, at this moment. I mean, maybe those things will change as we go you know, down the road here, but the Vikings defense, not acting like a number one defense that they were last year, that changes everything for me. And I think you give Sean McVay another crack at somebody. This is offensive league, not a defensive league, right? So I'm going to, I'm going to lean that way in a, in a very close game though, I think, because I, I, I think that this Vikings team does have resilience. They've got a ton of veterans here, a ton of guys that are getting paid for a reason. So I, I don't think that they, melt down and completely give this game away like they did against the Bills. But it's hard for me to see them coming, especially with it being a road game. It's hard for me to see them coming out with a win.
2: I also do think the exact same way that you do. I think the Rams uh, win. I don't know what the line currently sits at, but I feel like that the Rams win by at least 10, I would say. Um, I don't want to say they would win by 17 or more just because of the exact things that you just said. The Vikings are resilient. They're tough. They're mature. They've been through multiple situations, and they still have studs on the defense, man. You talked about it. Xavier Rhodes, Linville Joseph. I mean, dude, there's still guys that that can compete at a high level. And so uh, I expect Mike Zimmer to have this team to bounce back, but I do agree that the Rams are going to be a little bit too tough for them at this moment, as you said. Um. well everyone this has been an awesome interview and uh, sit down with my man Matthew Collar uh, you can follow him at Matthew Collar on Twitter and don't forget to check out the Purple Podcast that uh, him and his buddy Judd they do it's it's a great listen and uh, Matthew we sure do appreciate you taking the time to come on with us and uh, best of luck to you brother
1: yeah thanks for having me appreciate it <laughs>
2: We'd really appreciate Matthew coming on with us and taking the time uh, to sit down and give us some insight about this team that we're about to face. Listen, it's going to be a hard battle. I do not think that the Rams are just going to run away with it. I think they could run away with it, but I don't think that they will just because of where the Vikings are coming from. As he said, this defense is still a very good defense, uh, and I expect nothing less than a hard-nosed, very physical game. I expect the Rams to win, as I mentioned, and hopefully they will do that. Remember, guys, follow us at Rampage Radio Pod on Twitter. You can also check us out at Talk Rams. And remember to visit the Talk Rams website, where there are three different podcasts for you guys to listen to. That's going to do it this week for the Rampage Radio Podcast. Lord willing, uh, we'll meet up with you guys next week, and hopefully my brother Jay will be back on. In the meantime, horns up, baby. Deuces.
1: Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history, relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four part series
2: premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.
0: I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast.